Amen. Grab your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I uh, got up this morning. I looked outside and seen the snow. And we, me and my wife started talking. And I'm like, I'm like man, it's, it's cold out there. We went to Walmart uh, when we first got here and got her an extra sweater. And uh, got ready and uh, got up this morning. She said, uh, you, we got to dress warm as we walk, make that you know, treacherous journey around the corner here to get to the front door. And, uh, and you know, bundled all up. I wore I mean, everything we had just to stay warm. And then I get over here, and this is the difference between being old and young. See these guys. And uh, they're actually out there in T-shirts, and they're stuffing ice down each other's uh, jackets. And, uh, and they're enjoying it. I don't understand that. I, I don't relate. I guess I'm getting old. Then where's Katie? I see Katie, where, where's she at? There you are. It dropped, walked by, and she had snow all in her hair. You must have walked through the trap or something. I'm not sure, but she didn't mind it. I'm like, I'm getting old. Oh, you were the one. Oh, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I'll pray for you boys. You, know, <laughs> you need help. You know? <laughs> but amen, good to be in God's house, I guess it's, it's, you'd say that. It's, uh, uh, it, it's been cold, but the service has been hot, so I've been enjoying the, the service. But I want to preach this morning on, here's the title of my sermon this morning, When Satan Tempts, When Satan Tempts, in Matthew chapter 4. I, uh, you know, when I read the Bible and I look around the world, and boy, we live in an evil world for sure, and uh, I look around, and, and, and I understand uh, when I see lost people, and I look out beyond our, our Christian bubble, and I see the world, and understand why they do some of the things they, they do. Uh, they're not saved. They don't have a Holy Spirit inside them. You know, we have that. I call it uh, God's GPS system to always guide us back to Jesus Christ. They don't have that, so I, I kind of understand. They, they don't have uh, the Holy Spirit inside them. They don't have the, they don't, so they don't understand the Bible. I mean, uh, we understand that as you got the Holy Spirit, you read the Bible, the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit will teach us the Word of God. So, so I kind of understand they don't have that. They don't, they're in complete control of Satan. Their prayers aren't going anywhere because they're not saved. You know, it's in Jesus' name is how we get the prayers, our prayers to, to the throne of God. So I, I understand why the lost world does what the lost world does. So, but here's the question. How does a Christian fall? How, how is it possible, uh, and, I, and I know in, in my years of being saved, I've seen pastors fall, I've seen deacons fall, I've seen Sunday school teachers, uh, even in the Bible, we see guys like King David and, and, and Samson fall, and, you know, and I, I think about that, it's like, how did they fall? How is it possible for a believer to fall? They have the Holy Spirit. Uh, as a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that throws the warning signs out before we get to that point. Uh, you know, how do you do that? How, how, how is, I mean, we have the ability through the Holy Spirit to open up the Word of God and convict our heart and read. And, and you know, we go to church and we listen to the Word preached. We read the Bible. Satan, when you got saved lost his power in your life. He's, he doesn't have what he used to have uh, when you get saved. Uh, you know, we have the access to the throne of God to be able to go before God and lift up our prayer request. So I, I look at all, and, and, there, and we got the local church, and I could go on and on and on. All the advantages we have as a Christian against Satan, but yet I still see Satan getting into the lives of Christians quite often and sometimes uh, causing them to fall. So, so very simply, I think the thing is, they listen to the temptations that Satan will throw before 
them and, and, and they fall. There's the little trap doors that Satan puts before a Christian's feet to be able to get him to stumble, to get him to fall, to get him to destroy their walk and destroy their life. So what I want to preach on this morning is what happens when Satan tempts. And I, I think one of the greatest examples is in Matthew chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles, if you're able to stand, please stand in respect to the Word of God. We're going to read the whole story, a very familiar story, uh, but some valuable, valuable lessons that we can learn from here. Matthew chapter 4 and uh, verse 1, let's read, says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Verse 2 says, And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterwards and hungered. And when, he, and when the tempter came, I'm going to stop for a minute, look at, the, look at the, the name they give him, the tempter. It says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that, get this, that these stones be made of bread. Verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Verse 5 says, Then the devil taketh them up into a, the holy city, and setteth them on a, a pinnacle of the temple. And verse 6, look at this, He said, And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Uh, verse 7 says, uh, says, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And look at this in verse 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Father, thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for the example that our Savior set as he walked this earth. And Father, it's been a really good uh, couple of days so far. Lord, the service has been amazing. The fellowship has been sweet. And now, Father, as we sit down once again to feed on your word, I, I pray for our young people today. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for their heart. Thankful to see them going around memorizing your scriptures. Thankful, Lord, that they've responded to the preaching. And, Lord, we've seen many hands raised, and we've seen a lot of prayers at the end uh, during the invitation. And, Father, I'm thankful for that. And, Lord, as we sit down one more time, feed us today. I pray and ask again if any of them here today, any, anybody here within the sound of, of the preaching, Lord, is not saved. I pray and ask today to be the day they call on you be saved. Edify your church this morning and we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to give you a real quick, and I know you got your pens out and you're taking notes, and praise God for that. I want to give you just some introduction points real quick, some Bible facts about Satan, kind of lay the foundation for the sermon this morning. Let me get, jump through them real quick. I'm going to go through these quickly. Number one, Satan knows that you can never lose your salvation. He knows that. He knows that once you're in God's hands, that no man can pluck you out. He knows that there's no uh, a Bible way to undo the new creature. I've always challenged people, says you can lose your salvation. I was, well, you explain to me, how do I go from this brand new creature, this new creation that God created, back to something I used to be? Satan knows that. He knows he can't, he can never take you out of God's hands. We are eternally secure. Say amen right there. Number two, the second thing I see about Satan, Satan may never be able to uh, steal your salvation, but he will try to destroy your testimony. He'll try to destroy your life. Let me read you Revelation chapter 9 
in verse 11, it says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. The, both those words means destroyer. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy your life. Uh, young people, we got to understand, there's a real devil out there. You've heard me preach on this over and over and over again through this week. Uh, there's a real devil, and he wants to absolutely destroy you. In uh, Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, uh, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he says, and he said, uh, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. Now, to understand that, that phrase, you've got to understand the threshing floor. The threshing floor was a violent time where they would take the wheat up into the threshing floor and they would roll a giant stone across the wheat and they would crush that wheat. And then they'd take that, the, the remnants and they would shovel it and throw it up in the air. And then the wind would come through the threshing floor and it would separate the chaff from the wheat and the wheat would fall down. It was a violent process. And Jesus was using that to, as an example to warn Peter, hey, this is what Satan wants to do with your life. This is what Satan wants to do to destroy your testimony in your life. He may never be able to have you as far as you're stealing your salvation away, but boy, he desires that. And if he can't have that, he's going to do everything he can to destroy you. Number three, let's move on. Not only is that, Satan also hates you. He absolutely hates you. And let me give you two reasons. Number one, first, you're created in the image of God and he hates God. Yeah, when he looks at you, he sees God. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Let me read you another verse. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7 says, every, uh, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made them. When the devil sees you, he sees God. And when he sees that, he, I mean, what Satan always wants to do, he's always wanting to steal God's glory. So if he can just get your attention off of your Savior and off of what he's done for you and get it on him, you're just following Satan's uh, uh, plan for your life. That's what he wants to do. He, he hates God and he wants to steal his glory. And secondly, you're the light to Satan's children. He don't like that. Let, let me read you Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Says Now, this is talking about you. He says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that sit on a hill cannot be hid. You know, you know, he's talking about the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You're a danger to Satan. See, you're a danger to his work. Satan's goal is to steal God's glory by stealing his, taking as many souls to hell as possible. But you've been saved. You've got the light of Jesus Christ living in your heart. And young people, I, 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 I got a lot of young people on my Facebook page. I'm amazed. I got like, you know, a, a few hundred friends. They got like a few thousand friends. I mean, I don't understand how you guys do it. Like uh, thousands and thousands. You've got a great opportunity to, to reach a lot of people, a lot of young people for the gospel of Christ. And you're a threat to Satan. Let me read you 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And verse 4 says, And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto him. That's what Satan is fearful of, that you would tell one of your lost friends about how to get to heaven. Because his ultimate goal was to drag as many as he can to hell with him. He knows that's his destination, and he wants to take as many as he can. But you're the, you're the light of the world. And what he wants is you to take that light and put it under a bushel and don't tell anybody. Just be quiet. Don't say anything. You're a danger. This is another reason why he comes and tries to tempt you, and we're going to talk more about that. Number four, the, the devil can't make you do it. 
I've heard that saying before. Oh, well, I messed up because the devil made me do it. Uh, let me read you James 1, 13 through 15. It says, uh, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Listen to verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. See, Satan knows. He knows he can't make you do it. But boy, if he could just drop that temptation right in front of you, he knows if you take that bait, then that lust is going to come in. That lust will lead to sin. That sin will lead to destruction and death in your life. Satan knows that. He can't have you, but he, and he can't make you do it. But boy, he knows you've got a sin nature, and, and he's always going to try and make you fall. Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 7, in verses 20 and 21. It says, Now if I do that what I would not, is no more that I do it, get this, uh, but sin that dwelleth in me. He says, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is uh, present with me. Uh, he knows, Paul knew, he said, uh, even, Paul, the apostle, he says, I got a sin nature and, and, and that is what the devil's going to work through. Every time I try to serve God, that's, he's going to try and make me fall. Young people, let me tell you something. The best thing we can do to protect our lives and our testimony is be aware that there is a real devil out there and a real devil that's wanting to make you fall and destroy your life. So let's get back to Matthew chapter 4. As I study through this passage, uh, I, I, I I, and I'm looking at it, I find some really important lessons this morning. So here's my outline. I've got three lessons we must understand about Satan's temptation. Three lessons that we must understand uh, about Satan's uh, temptation. So let's, number one, let's jump right in. First, let's look at the purpose in the temptation, all right? The purpose in the temptation. Uh, i got a few subpoints here. Number one, to bring sin into your life. That's the purpose of it. That's what he wants to do. Uh, the devil tried desperately to get Jesus to, into sin, but he failed. Why? Because Jesus is the Son of God. He is, uh, the Bible says, a lamb without blemish and without spot. Spot is something you're born with. Jesus was not born with, in, in, uh, with a sin nature. Blemish is something that happens after you're born. Uh, and Jesus didn't sin after he was born. He was a lamb without spot, without blemish. That's God. But young people, let me tell you, you're, you're, you may be saved here, but we've got to be extra careful because we still live in the flesh. We still have that ability to sin. I, I read James uh, uh, 1. Uh, let me read you uh, verse 14 and uh, 15. It says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. It says, And then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. That's what Satan's goal is. He knows, as I just preached on a few minutes ago, he knows he can't come in and say, you know what, I'm going to make you fall today. He can't do that. But what he's going to do, he's going to take uh, uh, the, the, uh, our flesh and he's going to drop temptation in front of you. And what he wants you to do is take that bait. And then, and, and then the, once, once lust is conceived, sin comes in. And when sin comes in, that's when destruction begins to happen. I, I remember a, a friend of mine uh, years ago, I was working with him in youth group, and he uh, and he was just finished uh, college, and he was getting his you know, his feet wet in the youth ministry, and he was all excited coming in, and uh, and he had a girlfriend that he had been had been courting since uh, since he was in high school, and they had a great relationship, and uh, they kept the relationship pure, and uh, and they were doing what they were supposed to do, walking with God, and uh, and as they were in the college, and they were uh, uh, they noticed that the relationship was progressing faster than what it should, and he realized that he was really close to messing up his calling and uh, to be able to preach, and. 
and him and his his fiance at the time or, or girlfriend uh, they decide you know what we better we better cut it off and they broke up and uh, and that was their goal they they split up and they said we're going to wait we're going to finish our education uh, and, and fulfill God's calling in our life and then we'll make a decision because it's going too fast see they they seen the temptation there and they broke up and, and they they separated and, and they finished their education after they got their education and then they came back together and then they they uh, they got married <laughs> happily ever after so, so and, and what, but what it was they seen the temptation there and they decided you know we're not not, we're not going to take the bait. We're not going to uh, do what Satan wants us to do. And we're going to put the guards up and separate. So, so the first thing is he wants to bring sin in your life. The second purpose is to make you unusable for God. That's what he wants. As we already looked at, he can't have your, your soul. But what he wants to do is make you completely unusable. Satan knew that Christ was come to take the sin out of this world. And he knew that. And to destroy the work that, that, that Jesus, I'm sorry, that the devil had wanted to do. So he said, you know, if I can just get Jesus to sin, if I can just get sin in his life, then that's going to make him unusable for God. Let me read you 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus had to be a clean slate. He was the scapegoat where God would take the sin of the world and place upon Jesus on the cross. But if Satan says, you know what, if I can just get him uh, to, to, to get into sin, then that's going to nullify and he's not going to be able to do it. He would be unusable for God. That's exactly what Satan wants to do with you. Young people, you're a threat to him, as I've said already. And, and what he wants to do is if he gets sin in your life and destroy your life, then that makes you unusable for God. I, I, I remember a preacher years ago, a young guy, called to preach. And, and man, I'm going to tell you, he was a good preacher. You could just tell God had his hand on him. He would just, he was so good, even as, as a, a young guy, teenager, just expository on the scriptures. He was smart in the scriptures. Uh, and when he got up in front of the young people, man, he could just preach. And he was a good preacher. And, and, uh, and, I, I, and it wasn't long after he, he got into college He'd messed up. He'd crossed the line with a girl that he shouldn't have crossed, and it just just absolutely destroyed his ministry, destroyed his testimony. It took him out of the game. Uh, there was preachers waiting in line to get him to preach at youth conferences, to preach at his church, at any youth event they had. I mean, and all of a sudden, they realized that his testimony was all messed up, and his phone stopped ringing. His phone stopped ringing. That's what Satan was. Yeah, and he realized that I remember him uh, uh, speaking on that years later and talking about just if I just would have ignored the temptation that Satan laid in front of me because Satan got exactly what he wanted, took me out of the game. That's what he wants. He wants to make you unusable. I, I, I know uh, I, I've had the privilege of leading uh, many of my family to the Lord. Praise God for that. I want to fill heaven up with as many people as I possibly can. That's what I want to do. Streets of gold's amazing, and I, I can't wait to see Jesus Christ. But I want to see my family and friends there. And they've seen the old me, you know. They've seen the old me, and now they see the new me, you know. And I love, sister, I love your testimony. I love that. And, and what good's a good testimony if you fall back and start following Satan again? 
And, I, and what, there's a lot of reasons why I want to walk and keep my testimony and stay away from the temptations of Satan. But I think about the, my family that's been watching me for years and years and years. And praise God, I've had the, the privilege uh, to be able to lead many of them to the Lord. And I, there's a lot more. There's a lot more I know God's working on, and I just don't want to mess up. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to make you unusable. So we see the purpose in the temptation. Now let's move on lesson number two. Uh, let's look at the fourfold ways that he attacks with the temptation, the methods that he uses. Uh, as I study here in Matthew chapter 4, I see a few ways. Uh, number one, he'll attack when we get busy. He'll attack when you get busy for God. And, and uh, when you study chapter 3, Jesus has just got baptized. It says that the, 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 uh, God said that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't it ironic that the moment Jesus gets baptized, uh, the, the earthly ministry is exploding, uh, God's pleased with his son, and then here comes the attacks. That's when he's going to try and, 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 and take him out of the game. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to say this. This is when Satan uh, yeah, I mean, is really going to come after you, when you decide, I'm going to serve. Now, I preached on this quite a bit, and I've talked about this this week, but I, and I just want to keep warning you all, warning you all, that the moment you step up to serve God, the moment you, you, you make those decisions, and praise God, I, I love to see at the invitation when, when, when Brother Gable gets up and says, time to pray at your seat. I love that. I love to see, because that's the time when the preaching of the Word of God happens. That's when, when, when God begins to move in your heart. I love the invitation at the end uh, and, and to see you respond to the preaching and to see you respond to the Holy Spirit moving on your heart and pray and talk to God. Uh, but that's when the devil's like, oh no, they're making decisions. <laughs> oh no, she wants to get saved today. Oh no, he wants to surrender and give his life to God. Oh no, they're going to be a threat to me. That's when Satan loves to step up and say, I'm going to throw as many temptations at their feet as I can possibly get to get them to fall. That's why Paul says in Romans 7, 21, he says, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. I, uh, I, and I, I, I love to warn young people, get ready. When you make those decisions and when you stand up and say, I'm at camp and I've seen it happen so many times at camp, this is when I'm going to decide. Uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's when the devil say, oh wait, get ready. Here comes the temptation. I'm going to throw everything I got at them. I don't want her to get saved. I don't want him to surrender to preach. I don't want them to make decisions. I want them to keep falling down the road I got. And he'll turn it up, and he's going to turn it up. And I want you to be aware of that and recognize when you step up to serve him, get ready, here it comes. That's the way Satan works. I remember years ago, we used to play... Um, had a big paintball you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Paintball was a big thing in youth groups. And, uh, and, uh, and I remember we would, get, about once a month, we would get together on a Saturday and, uh, and we would play paintball. And man, that ministry grew. I mean, these kids came out with some stuff. I was afraid to death of them because they, they were accurate and could shoot. And uh, I mean, I remember some of the equipment coming out. It was like they were shooting high-powered rifles. But, you know, and paintballs hurt, too, when you get hit with them. I mean, they'll leave a weld on you. And, uh, and it grew to about 50 kids coming out. Guys, girls, they were all coming out. We would set, we'd go out in the woods, and we would just hunt each other and shoot each other up. We looked like a Sherwin paint factory exploded on us. You know? and, uh, but it was fun. You know, I enjoyed that. And I remember this one young kid coming. He was, uh, he was all excited. He wanted to get involved in it. And, uh, and, uh, and he got in the middle of that, and he didn't really know what he was doing. <laughs> didn't know how to hide behind a bunker. He didn't really understand how accurate a teen was at about 30, 20, 30 yards. And, I mean, these guys could, you know, if you stick your head about, man, they'll take the top of your head off. He stepped out in the open and got 
lit up and he got shot from head to toe. There was not, nothing left. He come running out, mad as a hornet, got through his gun down, threw his mask off. He was done. And I'm like, you do understand they're going to shoot at you. <laughs> you do understand that they're not going to go, hey, here I am, shoot me. See, he didn't, he didn't expect it. Folks, let me tell you, young people, let me tell you something. Be ready. Be ready. When you step up and serve, you're stepping up into the battle. Get ready, and that's when Satan is going to come. Number two, the second uh, uh, method he's going to attack, he's going to attack when you're weak. I want you to notice the first thing the devil hit Jesus with. And look down at verses 2 and 3 again. It says, And when he had fasted 40 days, and he was afterwards, and 40 nights he was afterwards and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, and he said, If thou be the Son of God, get this, command that these stones be made bread. Isn't that interesting? After 40 days of fasting. Now, I don't know about you. I, I, I do fast. I don't tell people. I don't advertise. I keep it to myself. I do tell my wife so she don't cook. You know? <laughs> but I, I, and fasting is, is, is difficult. It's really hard. We're going to talk about more about this in just a minute. Uh, I know for me, I, I, I love to eat. I, I just, I, food is amazing. <laughs> the older I get, the more I like to eat. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I know you say, today I got something I got to fast about. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to fast. I'm going to concentrate on praying. And, and, and I got this, what I want to pray for. And then, and then I'm like, man, hours go by and I'm like starving by nine o'clock. I'm ready to chew the paint off the walls, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm into this for about three hours already by four o'clock, man. I'm, I'm like dying. I mean, a cracker would taste like a steak dinner, you know? You go two days, man. I mean, food just looks good. I can't imagine 40 days without food. Oh, by the way, you want to make these Stones Texas Roadhouse biscuits, you know, with the butter on top of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you'd be like drooling. That's when he came. That's when he, the very first thing he attacked him with, he tried to find a weak spot. Yeah, I don't think it's no coincidence that that was the very first thing uh, that he attacked him with. Uh, young people, let me um, let me let, understand something about Satan. He don't play fair. He knows your weak spots. He knows what works with you. I know for me, he knows what works for me. I, I'll give uh, one example. Uh, uh, even before I was saved, alcohol was not my thing. I couldn't stand the taste of it. I just didn't like it. It was nasty. I would gag. It, you know, I would try to fit in as the cool guy at the parties and you know, and and hold the you know the the the, the beer or whatever. Uh, I just didn't like it. Uh, smoking was not my thing. I remember my cousin said, "You want to try it?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." I was like, <laughs> "Not my thing." It made me sick. You know, so Satan don't use those for me. It just don't work. But you know what? Before I was saved, I was his child. But when I got saved, I got adopted into God's family. I'm no longer a child of the devil. But he knows what works for me. And that's when he's going to come. And that's what he's going to come with. And I preached on this last night. That's where you need to put the guards up. Watch out when you get frustrated. Watch out when you get weak. Watch out when, when all of a sudden something happens with your mom and your dad and your family. And you feel frustrated and aggravated. You feel like God's not there. Watch out. That's when the devil is going to show up and throw that temptation right in. He'll attack you when you're weak. The third thing I see is he'll attack you by using God's word. I thought this was interesting. Look down at verses 5 and 6. He'll attack you using God's word. It says, verse 5, says, Then the devil taketh them up into a holy, the holy city, and get this, and setteth them on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their, thy hand, in their hands uh, they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt dash thy foot against this, a stone. Uh, the temptation here 
was to use the promise of the care of God to steal God's glory away, to focus it on himself. God's promises, young people, listen, is always for our benefit, always, always part of his plan, but ultimately always for his glory. Always. And, and, but what's, and, and Jesus wasn't going around doing miracles to show up, say, watch this, watch me walk on water. You know, watch, watch me make this fish and this loaves and, and feed 5,000. He wasn't doing it. He always did it for the benefit uh, of, the, of the believer, and he always did it for the glory of his Father. And what Satan was doing, he was taking the Word of God, and he was twisting it around to try and make it focus on him. Young people, let me tell you something. That is one thing Satan will try to do. He's always did it was make you to doubt God's word. He always said, he did that with Eve in the garden. Yay, have God said? You know, and now look, we're still in the mess, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what Satan tried to do. He'll try to say, did God really say you shouldn't do that? I've heard some of you young people say you're, you're battling with some of your friends. And they go, well, God didn't really say that in the Bible. Watch out, you know? That, Satan loves to, because our Bible is our foundation for everything. Of what's truth, what is doctrine, uh, our practice, everything. And we stand strong on that. So Satan knows, if I could just manipulate, and by the way, Satan knows the Bible really, really well. And he knows how to twist it around and look around today. It's all around us. Be careful. He'll use the Word of God to, uh, to make us fall. Number four, he will attack your patience. He will attack your patience. I don't know about you. I'm not a very patient person. If they're, they're slow with my Big Mac and make me park it in lane number four, I just get upset. I just, I just got to have things quickly. And he'll attack that. Look down at verses eight and nine. It says, again, the devil taking them up into an exceeding high mountain and showed them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Look at verse 9. He says, and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now, I'm going to say this. Right now, Satan does have control of the kings of this world. It's a temporary power. But he does have control. And I think, I look around the world, I think there's been a lot of people that, he, that he's made that deal with. You fall down worship me, I'm going to give you fame, I'm going to give you fortune. We look around and see that all around. Uh, but right now he does have that power, but that power is coming to an end. Let me read you Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. It says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, Get this, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. I like that. You know, Satan may have power now but one day Jesus is coming back <laughs> and he's going to split that sky open we're going to go home and for seven years he's going to be redeeming the world back and he's going to get control of this and but what Satan was saying Satan knows that he knows the Bible but what he was saying is Jesus listen you don't have to go to the cross you don't have to take the sins of the world. Jesus, look, look at the kingdoms of the world. I'll give them to you right now. I'm going to give you everything. Yeah, that's why you don't have to wait on God. Young people, let me tell you something. That is one thing Satan will always try to come with you. You don't have to wait on God. You don't have to do the things that he says. You can have it right now. You don't have to wait till you're married. You, know, you don't have to wait on God, on that enemy that don't like you. Well, vengeance is mine. Go get it yourself. You know, Take matters in your own hand. That's what Satan always says. But the victory is going to be when you say, you know what? Get me behind me, Satan. I'm waiting on Jesus. That's what you got to do. Let me read you a verse. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait on God. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. We've seen the, 
Satan's purpose in, in the temptation. We've seen his method. Now let's look at his weakness. Now I find here, I find three things, and we'll, we'll, we'll close. Three things uh, that shows the weakness. And, and young people, we got to understand this. Number one, first, we see the word. That's his weakness. In verse 4, Jesus says, it is written. Verse 7, Jesus come back again. It is written. Verse 10, Jesus comes back. It is written. Young people, let me, uh, let, you got to understand something. Your Bible that you hold in your lap, that is, that is the, the tool that God has given you to fight against the, against the devil himself. Uh, let, let me read your Psalms 19, 119 verse uh, 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 11. says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Man, I, I tell you, I praise God. I've been, I've been watching the, the memory verses. And I know, I, I know when I took my classes, Lee High's very big on memory verses. I had to memorize verses constantly. I love that because that hides God's word in your heart. So when the devil comes, you got something. I mean, I'm watching around, watching you guys. You're like memorizing verses. And, and uh, Bertina, what, she's eating bananas every time. I don't understand that. But she, uh, evidently, I just found out there's science in that that helps you memorize verses. So, so next, Brother Gable, next year, just stock up with bananas. I don't know what, but it works. I this morning, so you got them all memorized because I'm locked and loaded. I was like, hey, bananas, who knew, you know? But I, you know, but the word of God, you hide it in it. There's a purpose in that. It's not just what you get a thousand points, right? A thousand points for man, that's chintzy. We used to give two thousand, but anyway, no. <laughs> but there's a purpose in that. There's a purpose in that, not just to get a thousand points, it's to get it in your heart. So you got a weapon ready to go when Satan comes after you. You know, I, I looked it up. It's food for your soul. It's uh, that that's you know, that'll keep you strong when Satan attacks. It's the sword that you use to fight off uh, the devil's attacks. It's a uh, water that quenches Satan's fiery darts. It's the light that lights up what Satan's doing in your world. That's vitally important. Let me use an illustration for that. Uh, years ago, me and my wife bought a house years ago, and with the intention on flipping it. And it was down in Kent County in Lower Maryland. And, uh, and, uh, and we bought this house, and a neighbor came up to me. He said, I just want to let you know the previous owner died by, in the backyard right by that old garage down in the woods. And we're like, like ooh, you know. <laughs> you know? But oh, well, we, were, we were going to flip it and make some money, whatever this were, our plan was years ago. And uh, so, but this, right by this garage, and it was this eerie garage right on the edge of the woods down the back of the property. And I said, like, you know, I told her, I said, we need to kind of renovate that garage because it, it doesn't look good. And uh, so we went in there, and I'm, I'm looking in the garage. I'm looking up toward the attic, and there was a, an access hole. And uh, I was like, I like, wonder what's up there. Yeah, I'm not going up there, but I, I, but but curiosity got me, and I said, like, you know, I'm going to look up there. So I, I I I crawled, I pulled a bench over, I crawled up on it, and Nancy, my wife, was by the door there, and I I, I pushed the access hole up, and I looked, and it was pitch black. You couldn't see anything in there. I was like, okay, is there a wild animal up there? If I stick my head and you know come and get me, but curiosity got me. So I'm just curious. It may be like a million dollars up there, you know. You know, the old guy that died might have left it there. So I, I I eased my head up there, and it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. And 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 you know when your eyes begin to adjust to the light, and 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 it, that's what started happening. I began to start to see a little bit, and I seen a set of human eyes staring straight back at me. I lost all manliness. I fell. <laughs> out of there. I screamed like a girl who just inhaled helium. And uh, I ran er, and, and as brave as I am, I knocked my wife down to get out there. <laughs> 
lost all respect. And she said, what's the matter? I said, there's somebody staring at me. And there was, literally. Uh, there was somebody, a set of human eyes staring back at me. And she said, well, go back up there and look. I'm like, you go back up there and look. <laughs> and uh, so I went, I said, all right, I need a light. And uh, so I went back to the truck. I got a flashlight. And I eased back up real quick. And sure enough, it was a set of human eyes. It was a nativity scene. Uh, <laughs> Joseph scared me to death. And uh, it was staring back at me. But I couldn't tell what it was until I turned the light on. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell what it was until I turned the light on. Let me get back to my illustration. God's word does exactly. See, Satan is, a Satan, uh, is, is the lord of the darkness. Because when you have darkness, you can't see what's going on. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to keep the lost lost. You, he, they, he don't want you to see that there's a fiery hell at the other side of your last breath. He doesn't want you to see that you don't know how much longer you got left on this earth. He don't want you to see that. He keeps you blinded to that. But boy, when you turn the light of the Word of God on and you look around and say, wait a minute, Satan's real. I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to keep me lost, so I go to hell. He's trying to, keep, he's trying to get that temptation. That's why he don't like light. He is the Lord of darkness. But that's, we got the word of God. And if you're not in the book and you're not studying it, you're staying in the dark. So we got the word of God. Number two, the second thing we got is resisting. We got the power to resist. You know, the devil didn't give Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus didn't give the devil one inch. He didn't say, you know what? Are, are, they, are they buttered stones that I might turn to bread? He didn't debate with him. He didn't say, well, you know, those kingdoms do look pretty nice. He just resisted every single time. He didn't give the devil one inch. All three tries. He just said, no, I don't want no part. I'm not going to sit there and discuss. I'm not going to debate. No, he resisted him. And you know, after the third try, it says in verse 11, look down at this. It says, then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let me read you a verse. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto uh, to God. Resist the devil. And here's the promise. He will flee from you. That's a promise that God has given. He didn't say, well, he might flee. He says, you know, resist him. And young people and, I'm, and, and older people as well, we know when the temptation comes. That temptation is when that little voice and God putting that still small voice says, oh, no, 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 you know where you're going. You know that's going to tempt you. Get away from there. Click off that Internet site. Turn that song off. Get away from those friends that's pulling. We know when the temptation comes. But God says, don't sit there and just like entertain the devil. Say no and walk away. That's what you got to do. We know that. I, I think of some Old Testament Bible characters. Think we talked about King David uh, uh, this week, and, and I mean, I bet after the sin and after he fell and his life was destroyed, I bet he was thinking, if that day on that rooftop, I just walked away. I just said no to the devil, but he didn't. He stayed up there and entertained. I think of Samson. Come on, Samson. The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. Come on. How many times you got to hear that before you get your hair cuffed, you know? Uh, you know, I think of those two. I bet Samson was thinking, I just wish I would have fled instead, you know, but he didn't. He hung around. He gave. I think of Joseph with Potiphar. Like, he did it right. He didn't entertain the devil. He fled out of there so fast that his clothes fell off. Awkward, but he got out of there. He got out of there. That's what he did. That's what, you know, don't entertain the devil. Resist it. You got that power. And then number three, and we'll finish with this. I talked about this already. Number three, fasting. Fasting is, uh, 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 look at verse two again. It says, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward unhungered. You know, I thought about this. Satan thought 
He had Jesus at his weakest moment. But really, Jesus was at his most powerful moment. Yeah, God has ordained fasting mixed with prayer to be a powerful tool against satanic temptation. Uh, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, uh, the disciples were trying to cast out demons. And Jesus said this in verse 21. He says, How be it this kind goeth out, not out, but by prayer and fasting. Same thing in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5. It says, Defraud yourself, not, uh, uh, not uh, one the other, except to be for consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and cometh together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So, so I see you know, a common theme in the Bible that when, when satanic attacks come, satanic temptations come, that fasting is a biblical thing. You know, fasting does a few things. You can write these down. Uh, number one, it keeps that certain thing that you're praying for in mind. Hunger pains come a lot, and it'll remind you what you're praying for. Yeah, so that does that. Uh, the second thing it, it, it does, it teaches you to have control over the flesh. When the flesh says, you need this, you say, no, I'm in control, not you, flesh. And then the third thing, it's a special defense that God has formed and given us to be able to fight against Satan. So God has given us some weapons, young people, to be able to fight against when Satan comes. So let me close with this. Young people, one thing you need to do is to take the battle seriously. You understand that Satan has a desire, and that's to destroy your life, to bring sin into your life. We looked at the purpose. We looked at the methods and what he uses. We looked at uh, uh, the, uh, the defense that we got. Christian, are you ready for the battle? The Christian life is a blessed life. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world. I wouldn't take my old life for anything. And all the, the, the fun that Satan was throwing at me and, all that, and the destruction coming. I like what I got now. I like the privilege of coming to church. I love serving God. I love leading people to Christ. I love knowing that if I laid my head on the pillow tonight and die tonight, I'm going to be walking the streets of gold. But you know something? In all of that, the Christian life, we still have an enemy walking about, seeking whom he may destroy. And young people, he's gunning for you. Uh, let me close, and I'll close with one illustration. I, uh, I like to hunt. I've, I, I've, I remember talking to a guide out west, and they were talking about wolves. And uh, evidently, people out they, the, the, the government was doing something with this wolf introduction program where they were putting wolves in, in Yellowstone Park, and a lot of people that guided elk, they didn't like that. They said, because you don't understand, a wolf can't take down a full-grown elk. They're, they're giant. But what they do is when it's coming around springtime and the newborns are being born, they can smell that in the air and they come and they attack the young ones and they destroy them. And I was listening to that and I'm like, boy, if that ain't an illustration of the ultimate war of the devil himself. He, you know, he may not come out. I mean, he's going to come after anybody, but he won't have as much success with somebody who's grounded in the word of God. But boy, he comes after the young people. And, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for this, this uh, winter camp. I'm thankful for your guys' attendance. I'm thankful for your guys' heart and desire to hear the Word of God because He's coming after you. He, he knows you don't have as much success, but boy, if He can just get the next generation and He's got a bullseye painted right on your forehead. Right. If you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, pull up the defenses that God has given you. Every head bowed